in your heart Share what you feel No matter the subject You can always be real Talk with JC Michelle. Hard talk with JC Michelle. Hard talk with JC Michelle. Hard talk with JC Michelle. Welcome to another episode of Heart Talk. This is Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggets. So, I have a question for you. What do you believe? And I'm not necessarily talking about like religion or faith or even spirituality, although I think this could apply, but I'm really just talking about what do you believe about yourself, about your life, about your work? Because here's what I am learning. I am learning that what we believe shows up in what we do what we practice, right? So some of the resistance that I hear from people about like, how do we be intentional about joy when life sucks or our world is too chaotic? And here's the thing, life is chaotic and life can suck. That's the reality. Life be lifing. (laughs) I'm not trying to take that reality away and say it's something else. But what I am asking is, What do you believe about yourself, even about the world within the context of the current reality? Because if you believe that joy is not possible, if you believe that joy is not possible for you, if you believe that you should not have joy because of all of the grief and everything that's going around, then having a practice of joy is going to be about as foreign as anything. It's going to be like, what? I can't do that because... Because of what you believe. Our beliefs aren't some abstract concept. They're not something that we articulate as our truth but aren't required to be held accountable to. We are held accountable to them. And they show up in our lives. We can truly discover what we believe by interrogating our actual actions. What we do on an everyday basis. So if you believe that getting still and taking a walk daily is something that it's helpful, that's healing, that it sets off your day, right? And and that you need that space in order to be able to engage your children, your partner, your people on the job. If you believe that is a thing, then you're going to do it. It's going to show up in your life. If you believe you're worthy of peace of mind, then your actions are going to reflect your belief that you are worthy of it. But if you believe somewhere deep down, maybe not even in your conscious mind, that you're not worthy of a thing or that you're not loved enough or you're not worthy of joy, then your actions, the things that you do on a day-to-day basis in your life, the lack of margin that you have in your life, where you just run everything back to back to back and you're constantly going, you don't rest and you don't sleep. That old stupid saying about sleep when I die, it's dumb because if you sleep when you die, you're going to die much sooner than you'd like. If you believe all of that, then that will show up in your actions. Your basic behavior and the consistency of that will tell you everything you know about what you actually believe. 
Now, I do believe that there's a difference between belief and faith because faith, it can feel aspirational, right? It's very real, but it is aspirational. Our faith connects to our souls as opposed to our minds. What we believe in our mind can be very different from what we hope for in our souls. And I think that's where we have conflict because, you know, in our minds, we may know a thing, but at our spirit level, it hasn't grounded itself yet there. And what comes forth is this despair or lack of hope, which affects our belief systems and affects what we actually do. Faith, I think, doesn't require citation. It doesn't require proof. So it is a kind of belief in something that you do not see. We know that, but it is the energy that gives our lives its charge. And so I think when we talk about faith and belief, and again, even outside of the constructs of religion, I think the key to this is what have we put our faith in and what do we believe? What is in our heads, our intellectual minds in terms of what we believe and what has grounded itself in our souls because they can be the same or they can be different and the way we get to transformation in both of those areas is by thinking about and changing shifting evaluating what we actually do that's how we get there let's turn to the phones hi this is candace calling from philadelphia and my question is, it's two parts, I guess. Um, the first part would be, <clears throat> you know, we've had a really rough two years in general in the world. Um, but I know for a lot of people, well, I guess I'll just speak for me personally, I've had a lot of grief and loss personally. My mom passed away. Um, I just had a baby, so I was dealing with postpartum depression um, pretty bad. Um, and there's just been a lot of loss and a lot of grief. Um, and I guess the first part is how how do you even – I haven't even thought about joy. Like, it, it seems like a foreign concept to me now. Um, so how do you even muster up – the audacity to even think about joy in the midst of so much grief. Um, and I guess the second part is how, how do joy and grief coexist together? Um, I don't know. I mean, can they coexist together? I guess they, they have to, they should, but it just, it just doesn't, it seems like it's one or the other at this point. Um, so I guess that's my question about joy. Thank you so much, Candice, for calling. And first, let me just say, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, I can imagine how navigating all of that at once can be not just challenging, but uh, heavy, really, you know, in the way that it weighs on you. And so the first thing that, comes to mind is just making sure that you have a support system 
Um, the support system is, I think, imperative. I mean, we talk so much about self-care that we don't talk enough about community care. And as black folks, black and brown folks in particular, we come from a people who are communal in nature, right? And we have a village, you know, we remember that language of village, right? And so I sometimes when you're talking about like, how do I find joy or how do I manage uh, grief and joy at the same time? It starts sometimes with building a village around you of people who you can count on um, when things are heavy, when you are feeling the weight of the loss. I also think that um, we have been socialized to compartmentalize. And what I mean by that is that our society tells us that our grief has to be over here, right? Or our joy has to be over there and never the two shall meet. <laughs> and that is just absolutely not the case. I think I'm going to talk about that in a future episode where, you know, the reality is, is that all of these emotions um, are embodied, number one, and they live all together in our bodies. And so... I think the socialization that we have impacts how we see and how we move through our grief. Um, so, for instance, if I am sad or if I'm experiencing sorrow because of a loss, but then maybe my child does something amazing and there's some joy there. I think sometimes and I, I think black women experience this a lot Um where we shut down the joy. Like we won't allow ourselves to experience joy because we think that we we shouldn't, right? Like because no, we're grieving right now. And I can't I can't allow myself to feel that joy because it's somehow a threat to or infringes upon our grief. And I think part of the journey, the grief the grieving journey or the grief journey is allowing yourself to experience all the things even at the same time, right? And I think culturally, um, it's something that we've been doing, but I don't think we've named it. I mean, if you think about uh, homegoing services or funerals services, yes, there's sorrow, there's sadness, there's grief, um, and all of those emotions are very much present. But like when you go to the repast, folks are telling stories and they're laughing and they're, you know, uh, remembering the good times and, you know, cracking up, you know, <laughs> because uncle so-and-so said something crazy, you know, or whatever. And so I think we know how to do that, but I don't think we um, are necessarily conscious of it. And so it's something that I think we've been doing, but it's not something that we've been terribly conscious of. Um, and so I think when we're actively grieving, it's important that we are intentional about allowing the joy to show up and to be present, right? Because here's the thing, like the joy isn't gone. And I think that's the the thing that we have often forgotten is that the joy is not somewhere else like it, it, you didn't lose your joy right but it's buried underneath all of those heavier weightier emotions whether it's rage or sorrow or frustration or it whatever you know and it does take work to allow it to show itself and to allow it to live in that same space I love that you ask how how do you muster the audacity to have joy in the midst of grief because I think that's just it. Like there is an audacity to choose joy in the midst of 
the weight and the heaviness and that it requires that kind of audacity. It requires you to buck up against the way that you've been socialized to only grieve, right? Um, To challenge those waves when they hit you, right? And they hit you fast. I've been there. I've experienced where, you know, I thought I was fine. And then a a memory or a visual or a picture or something will remind me of someone that I've lost or something that I've lost. And now I'm back in that place again. Um, And here's the thing, that's okay. You can be in that place. You can sit in that place and you can sit in your grief. And it's almost... You know, sometimes when folks ask about, like, how do I have joy in the midst of grief? Underlying that is this idea that how do I get rid of this grief? How do I not feel all these feels? Right. And I think the way we heal is that we feel right. And so part of getting I don't believe that there's an other side. Right. But part of part of moving through grief is being able to sit in it and allowing yourself to sit in it. And then when joy comes, allowing yourself to sit in that also. And understand that the two can coexist and that it's okay. So I think, Candace, part of it is allowing yourself to embrace and accept the fact that both of those things are okay. That when you have a bad day and you're grieving, that that's okay. And when you're having an amazing day, that's okay too. And then I think, you know, the the power of it all and the blessing in it is that um, when we're grieving, it's an indication of our capacity to love, right? When we grieve, it's because we've loved deeply. And so, you know, that that knowledge of that means that we can take the, the capacity to love and turn it you know, into ourselves, number one, give ourselves that love, but also turn it to the people that we love that's around us. And so that's the the way that we can wield our grief in a way. Thank you so much for calling. And again, I'm so sorry for your loss, but I'm so grateful for you calling in and sharing your heart with us. Again, y'all, I'm so thankful for this platform and for this podcast. I appreciate you so much. I will see you in the next episode. Again, be well. And if you can't be well, just be. Open your heart. Share what you feel. No matter the subject. Jay Michelle.